Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church here in Columbus. We're in the middle of a series called Created for Glory, Redeemed by Grace. And today we'll learn together from God's Word on the topic of developing a Christ-exalting marriage. Let's turn our attention to God's Word. We're continuing a series called uh, Created for Glory, Redeemed by Grace. And uh, we're going to continue on this uh, subtopic, if you will, of marriage. And uh, last week we looked at the foundation for marriage and uh, what God calls us to do in setting that foundation and building on that foundation. Well, today we're going to uh, begin a message called Developing a Christ-Exalting Marriage. Developing a Christ-Exalting Marriage, Part 1. Uh, part 2 will be next week. Uh, but today we're going to begin with the women. That's where uh, Paul and Peter begin, ladies, first. And we're going to look at three callings of women uh, in marriage. Three callings of women in marriage. Uh, note that uh, God calls women uh, first to walk by faith walk by faith. Now, let me just pause here real quick and say this. You know, a great marriage is two people listening to God, walking by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I realize that some of the things that I'm going to say today uh, to you sisters are uh, maybe going to be a little bit challenging to hear. Uh, God calls us, if we want to have a great marriage, that means living in the power of the Spirit, living uh, by God's Word, and it requires us uh, to walk by faith. It's not something that uh, naturally comes to us in our flesh. It's not uh, intuitive, if you will. It's probably not what we watched at home when we were growing up. Uh, no one has ever grown up with parents at a perfect marriage. Now, the same is true for men as well. And uh, when we go to uh, next week and go to the passages that we're going to be looking at there, uh, men are going to have the same challenge. Well, living out marriage uh, God's way requires me uh, to walk by faith. Let me encourage you uh, to turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians uh, chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 21. Uh, Paul uh, starts here by saying, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now it looks like we're picking up something here mid-sentence. We are. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Uh, but he, Paul is calling uh, all of the believers in Ephesus to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then he continues... Uh, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Uh, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything uh, to their husbands. When we read this, uh, this is... Um, uh, something challenging to each one of us. And maybe you're here as a sister in the Lord and you're asking, oh, well, Pastor, Pastor, wait, I have some, I got some questions about this. You're, you're telling me that, that God is telling me to submit to my husband in everything. You're telling me that I need to follow his leadership. Are you serious? Is that, is that even for this day and age? Let me speak to that here for just a minute. Um, you know, uh, contrary to what our culture would uh, tell us, I believe that when God calls us to something, uh, it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. Often, uh, 
our culture distorts things. Perhaps you've uh, grown up in a marriage where um, submission wasn't lived out right, either by mom or uh, there was a, a sense of a totalitarian leadership from your dad, or there was just unhealth. And I want to I encourage us, we don't want to uh, interpret Scripture based on our past experience or what culture is telling us. Uh, if we're going to experience the joy and peace and beauty of what God has given us, uh, we need to come back to his word and hear out his word. Uh, you might be asking, well, is submission really something for even for today? Uh, well, let's look here in the text. Notice that it compares a wife's relationship to her husband, and, and the reverse will also be true next week, a husband's relationship to his wife, uh, to Christ in the church. Now, that is not, that's not a dated issue. Uh, in fact, uh, when we think about Christ in the church, the best is yet to come. Jesus Christ coming back to uh, gather the church together and, and to spend eternity together, so much is yet to come. But submission uh, is paralleled here with Christ in the church. It's not a curse. It's not something that is dated. Submission is a beautiful aspect bringing out the joy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, one question you might have thought of here as we're looking at text, we're looking at it verse by verse. Verse 21 said, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, what does it mean here when it says that uh, we are to submit to one another? Is there some sort of mutual submission between a husband and wife? Is it, Like, what is that all about? Well, I want us to back up a couple verses if you're looking at your Bible. If you go back from verse 21 back up to verse 18, Paul begins here uh, a few comments um, it's going to lead to five participles uh, that, that uh, we're going to see here in the text. Verse 18 says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Now that is kind of the anchor of this a set of verses. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, you might remember that a few months ago, we went through this passage and went through a number of passages about living a life in the Spirit being filled with the Spirit, being controlled by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, walking day by day uh, in the power of the Spirit. Well, notice here it says, be filled with the Spirit, and then it gives five participles. First, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And the second one, singing. Number three, making melody uh, to the Lord with all your heart. Then the fourth is giving thanks always for everything uh, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then here's the fifth one, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, what is the sense to which being filled with the Spirit and submitting to one another, how does that apply in marriage? Well, really, it's not just talking. Uh, when we say submitting to one another, that's just talking about marriage. Uh, if you look at the rest of this chapter and then into chapter 6, uh, Paul's going to lay out three areas where there is the necessity of, of one submitting or following the leadership of another. Uh, that would be uh, wives uh, following their husband's leadership, children uh, honoring and following their parents' leadership, but especially the father. Um, and then uh, slaves with their masters. Now, clearly we don't have slaves and masters here today. I think a much better parallel, especially looking at the culture of the New Testament, would be uh, employee with employer, but that's an that's that's the three uh, topics being discussed under mutual submission. Uh, so let me bring this back here uh, to the text. Uh, God is calling uh, for three groups of people to 
uh, come under the leadership of another, just as the church itself, as we do, uh, coming under the leadership of Jesus Christ. I want you to make a note of this. God calls wives to walk by faith through, here it is, spirit-filled submission uh, to her husband's leadership. Spirit-filled submission uh, to her husband's leadership. Again, as I've been talking about for the last few weeks, uh, men and women are equal uh, before God. Uh, but that does not mean that equality is the same as sameness. Just because men and equal are equal at the cross, it doesn't mean we have the same role or same function within the church or within marriage. God calls us uh, to uh, live out uh, our faith uh, in different ways. Now, what is spirit-filled submission supposed to look like? Maybe you're a sister here and you're like, what is it supposed to look like? I'm not, I'm not really grasping what, what, what am I? Well, look at verse 23. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ uh, is the head of the church, his body, and is himself uh, its savior. Now, a headship, if you want to call it that, um, is found uh, not first in marriage, but really in uh, the Trinity itself. Um, we have uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, noticing that the, all of them are equal, uh, equally divine. Uh, but within the Trinity of the uh, relationship of perfect love, Christ uh, submits, the Son submits to the Father. And we see a headship within the Trinity. We also see it modeled here by Christ in the church. That, that Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. We are a part, we are one with him uh, in a spiritual uh, sense. We are one with him. He is the head. He is the one leading, and the church responds to him in humility and in love. Uh, but also notice we're going to see next time that, that the head is not just a head case, uh, all concerned for itself. Uh, a head uh, in any one of our bodies um, is very concerned for the rest of the body and loves the body and um, leads the body in an appropriate way. Hi, this is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. Did you know that these Meeting with God messages actually come from sermons given at our church home, Vertical Church Columbus? You know, in addition to hearing God's word proclaimed every week, you'll find a warm, loving church family of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus, Ohio, but are not currently connected to a church home, We'd love to invite you to visit us at 1290 Old Henderson Road in Columbus near the intersection of 315 and Henderson Road. I want to uh, just say this. So what is submission not? What is submission not? Uh, what is headship not? Uh, well, just a submission does not mean that there's a contrast between the head and the tail. And uh, if you're a wife, that means you're the tail. Uh, that is not true. That is not at all what Scripture is saying. Uh, when, when Scripture says that the husband is the head, it's not saying that the wife has any less value, any less uh, capacity. It's certainly not saying that the wife has any less intelligence. Uh, in fact, I think most of us men would acknowledge, uh, in many cases, our wives can be much smarter than we are. It's not a matter of intelligence. What submission is, it's about, a, it's about functional leadership seen in the responsibility to care for another. That's what headship's about. It's about leading uh, another in such a way that the responsibility is lived out in care uh, for 
uh, the other person or people. Let me give a better way to understand a headship. Um, again, our, our society tends to think of things in terms of heads and tails. Uh, that is not the concept here. What I, what I think is a much better parallel is to think of headship or the head in contrast to the heart. The heart. So headship, and if I can make up a word, a heartship. Hardship. Uh, the head is uh, in, in, in the marriage relationship and, and also between Christ and church is responsible to love and to lead and to lay one's life down. Now, the heart is there to help and to support. Now, think about this. A head and a heart. Now, this is where the parallel with Christ and the church doesn't exactly work, um, but it does between the head and uh, in marriage, the head and the heart. Uh, the head and the heart cannot survive without one another. Uh, the head and the heart cannot thrive without appreciating the other. And I would say as a marriage applies to uh, following Jesus Christ, a head and a heart cannot glorify Jesus Christ without helping and loving one another. Think about that in marriage. A husband and a wife cannot survive without each other. Um, they, they, they can't, a marriage can't survive with a head and a heart tearing each other apart. Um, they, they work together. Uh, they cannot thrive without appreciating each other. And certainly in marriage, they cannot glorify Christ without helping and loving one another. Now, let me briefly give us five types of marriages, because I think this is really important, not just for the sisters that are listening, but also for us men. What, what, how does this headship thing work? And sometimes our marriages aren't exactly what God wants them to be. And over the next two weeks, as we look at this, uh, I want us to be thinking about where our marriage is and where we need to take it toward let me give you five types of marriages. Maybe you can think of yourself, uh, your marriage is kind of fitting into one of these. First, uh, some marriages are uh, an attempt at two heads, two heads, uh, two people trying to drive the car. As I would have jokingly said, uh, if you see an individual with two heads, we call that a monster. Or let me flip the picture here. Uh, what do we call uh, a being without, with no head, no head? Okay, some of our marriages resemble uh, not two heads, but no head. Uh, just we're just going to be, we're just going to kind of be laid back. We're kind of not going to go in any direction. Kind of just kind of, you know, just kind of, kind of going to go along. Um, be funny. I think of uh, the saying, you know, uh, running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Uh, no head is not good. I remember one time when I was uh, learning, and this was very brief. I'll admit, I am not a great dancer, and I am. Uh, Discovered that is not my skill or passion. But Jensen and I were learning how to dance one time. And as we were uh, getting some lessons in this, I found it very interesting. And I, I thought this is really a beautiful picture of marriage. I remember the, the gentleman that was teaching us how to dance. He I was instructing Jensen uh, how to uh, kind of uh, work with me and respond with me uh, so that together we didn't try to be two people pulling the other person along in the dance. Neither did we want to, the people to just kind of sit there and do whatever. If you're going to dance with excellence, there's a role that the man plays uh, in sort of leading, in, but, but in a such a way that's very graceful and accentuates the beauty of the woman and her specialness and her value and her role uh, and in the dance. But at the same time, uh, the woman is looking to respond to the man and to move at the man so that there's, there's partnership. There's beauty in every way, not a clumsiness, not a passiveness, 
but beauty. And I think we see that, in, for sure see that in Christ and the church, and that beauty, if you will, in a dance is meant to be seen uh, in the marriage relationship. And let me give you two uh, more here. Uh, we talked about no two heads, zero heads. What about a head in an unresponsive body? Uh, in medical terms, we would say that person is sick, that they're uh, paralyzed, paralyzed. Uh, the head is working, is healthy, but the body is not responding. And that pictures the marriage where the husband is doing the right thing, but the wife is, is not wanting to respond to him for uh, whatever reason or flip that on its head. What happens when you have a, a body that's healthy and responding, but a head that is not responding appropriately? Well, we would call that, again, sick. But in this case, we would call that uh, mentally ill. Now, please, please do not go to your husband and say, honey, uh, this is not working. You are not, you're making our marriage mentally ill. Um, that probably won't go over well. But men, I think that's something we need to think about. If we're not loving our wives, if we're not leading them in the dance of marriage, so to speak, uh, we are not honoring Christ. And here's the fifth uh, two heads, zero heads, one head, unresponsive body, uh, one un unresponsive head, but a healthy body. But then here's the, the final picture in marriage that I would hope that we're moving toward, and that is one healthy head and one healthy body. But that's a Christ-exalting marriage. That's a mutually responsive, mutually a loving, mutually caring marriage that really exalts in a marriage that is a, a Christ-exalting worship. It's where the husband has love for his wife and she has respect for him, where his headship is for her benefit and her submission or her respect for him is for his encouragement and help. Maybe you're asking today, sister, well, how often do I need to submit to him? Is this like in everything? Or is this just when I, when I think he's making the right decision? Well, I'm going to talk a little bit here in a minute. Uh, what do we do when a husband uh, is not loving his wife the way he's meant to? What, what happens when the picture isn't perfect? What happens when uh, the dance is beginning to stumble? And First Peter, in a minute, is going to speak to that. But I would encourage you, wives, uh, let me encourage you in this. Submission is beautiful. And I want to tell you this, that, that God is watching your heart and the Holy Spirit can empower you even in the most difficult situation. Maybe you're a, a strong-minded woman and you're, maybe you have the gift of leadership. I believe that women have the gift of leadership. Well, it, does that mean that I just need to follow my husband's non-leadership and just kind of uh, pedal along with him? I believe that active submission and respect to your husband does not mean being passive. I believe there's an element of of influence that God calls you to have. God calls you, if you go all the way back to Genesis, uh, God put a husband and a wife together knowing that both would need each other. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, a head and a heart, they both absolutely need each other and cannot survive or thrive apart from working together. And God calls you as a woman uh, to be, you're, you have unusual capacity in supporting and helping a man. Anytime, I'll just say this, anytime you see a great man doing something great in this world or this life, almost all the time, there is an even more awesome woman standing at his side. Men need women just like women 
need men. That's the picture of marriage. I would also encourage you in this because I realize that men struggle with this. What if my wife doesn't respect me? Do I still need to love her? Um, the answer is God calls us to love him first. And, and as a wife, your respect and submission to your husband comes out of your heart of love for the Lord. And husband, um, we'll talk about this next week, but your love for your wife and your sacrificial laying your life down for her and nourishing and cherishing and caring for her doesn't come first out of your a desire to please her. It comes out of your desire to follow and to love Jesus Christ. Sisters, let me just appeal to your hearts for a moment. God's heart for you is to be the ultimate helping, loving partner with your husband. He needs your help. He may not have ever told you that, but he needs your help. A man will never, a man in marriage will never accomplish God's full purposes for his life without a dynamic woman. There's just no way. I can tell you even right now what a blessing Jensen has been in my life so many times and how God has used her um, to speak into my life, to speak truth into my life, to speak encouragement into my life, to uh, give me feedback. I think of how many times she's given me feedback about raising our kids um, and, and coming home and, and, and me engaging with our boys. And she's like, well, honey, honey, keep this in consideration. Make sure you bring the gospel into your, uh, to your response to them. And, and I just so appreciate the help and the partnership that she has brought into our marriage. In fact, I would quite easily say, as I've said many times, I don't think there would be a Harvest Bible Chapel Columbus if it wasn't for my wife. Uh, many of you know her. You know her love for people. You know her a passion uh, for the gospel. She is my partner in every way and has helped me to do my part in uh, what is our church today. Now you might have this question, which is a very legitimate question. Okay, Pastor, that's all good and great, but, but what if my husband has no interest in following Jesus Christ? Or what if he is a, uh, a very immature follower of Jesus Christ? Or what if he, what if he doesn't even care? Well, I realize that... Um, First off, I want to say I'm sorry to you because I realize as a man standing here and speaking from God's word, um, it's hard for you to hear someone else say, just, you need to follow your husband when, when he's not taking you anywhere and he's not caring for you and he's not sacrificially loving you and he is the last thing that you would think of when you think of the model of Jesus Christ who came and laid down his life for us. So I, I want to gently say to you that I... I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're thinking. I hear what you're feeling. But I want you to know that God is also aware of what you're thinking. And God knows that husbands can be, um, you know, a head case at times. Let me give you uh, something you can do. Why don't you turn over in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 3. Uh, God's word, the wisdom in the heart of God to know that there would be scenarios like this. I think he speaks right to what you're mentioning here. And I don't want you to, again miss the joy in following and submitting to your husband. Now, I want to say this for a minute before we open that text. That submission is not something that's entirely directed toward wives. As a husband, I'm called to submit to Jesus Christ. Every one of us in the church are called to uh, submit to varying peoples in the church. 
whether it be to the elders or within even the elder board, mutual submission. And my role is submitting to our elders. I want you to know that submission is a regular part of being a believer in Jesus Christ. And um, I realize in a marriage, it looks different than in the church, uh, but all of us are called. And I, you know, when I think of submitting to leaders, I don't think of it as a negative thing. I think uh, sometimes our culture has a desire for independence. And then as Americans, we kind of have a natural bend toward resisting leadership or a natural distrust of leaders. And I, there's probably some good reasons for that. But I also realize that we're missing something in the heart of God when we resist authorities. I believe, if you look at scripture, that God uses authorities to bring blessing. Now, that doesn't always work out the way it should. And clearly, we live in a sin-stained world. Uh, but the gospel of Jesus Christ is about our greatest authority seeking our best interest in Jesus Christ. And uh, Jesus Christ, the Son, God himself, coming to lay down his life for fallen creatures. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio, located at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Vertical Church is not only passionate about the preaching of God's word, but also praying for God to work in the lives of those in our church, our city, and our world. If you have a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. Please take a moment and head to our website, verticalchurch.life, and visit our prayer wall. There you can leave a prayer request, either publicly or anonymously, and you can know that Vertical Church will be praying for you. As always, we hope to find you here tomorrow at this very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.